Hi everybody. Welcome to Allie, Aaron, and the Multiverse. We are a podcast that's talking about Star Trek The Lower Decks. We also talk about other shows like Arrow and The Flash eventually and all of those shows. We'll get to them, you know, this year, next year, at some point. This time we're talking about Lower Decks and we are on episode one, which is called Second Contact. I am your host, Aaron, and I'm a big nerd. I've watched all the Star Treks. I am just a, just a huge nerd. I'll say that again. And my co-host is Allie. She's a little newer to the nerd game, but she is one of us now. And this is her first Star Trek experience outside of the J.J. Abram movies. And so together we are watching the Lower Decks cartoon and uh, follow us on the journey. Allie, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm really excited to talk about this first episode. This is obviously, like you said, my first Star Trek experience outside of those movies. I'm excited for this more animated version of it too. So Awesome. I was uh, so excited to watch the episode. I watched it right after we did our preview podcast a couple days ago because we did that on the day that the first episode actually came out. I've watched it like three times since then. I watched it (laughs) this morning. So I'm really liking it and I think it's getting a good response. What was your overall feel of it? I liked it a lot. I think that it was definitely different and I had to kind of take away my original thoughts about like Star Trek. What were your original thoughts about Star Trek? Well, I mean, like I liked the movies and it was just a lot more intense. So I had to kind of take a step back and know that this wasn't going to be exactly the same and just kind of take a new viewpoint on it as opposed to like comparing the two because they are very different forms of this universe, you know? So Mm -hmm. I liked it. I thought it was very comedic. I thought that, I thought that it was just really fun and a lighthearted way to get to know the crew, especially this first episode. I mean, even when we saw in the preview, most of the stuff that was in the preview was actually in this first episode. So I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, so I'm excited to get to see the rest of the show because now we really don't know what's going to go on. So Yeah, I, I like when they don't give away too much in the, the preview for a show because you, you want to be surprised. And uh, yeah, it makes more sense. Just give us the first little bit. Okay, I was listening to all of our audio from the first podcast, which is going to come out pretty much at the same time as this one. We talked a lot about what we thought was going to be happening, and we were right on some things and wrong on other things. <laughs> And that was, that was really fun to listen to. We, we start out, we have, wait, how did it start out? Wasn't it Boimler? It was, yeah, it was Boimler's captain's log. Oh yeah, yeah. So it was that scene in the preview too, where he was doing his log and then Mariner comes in and she's like, oh my God, but I didn't realize she was drunk in that. Yeah, that was (laughs) So that was funny. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to establish again that you have the good memory and I have the terrible memory. So that's going (laughs) to happen a lot where I'm like, wait, what did happen? Uh, That was so funny. And she, it very quickly establishes that she is a rogue character. She kind of does what she wants. But she also seems, I don't know, she seems kind of knowledgeable. Like we find out that she, through this episode, has been busted down in rank for something, but we never find out what. 
I like that she says something and she's like, oh yeah, I've got a backstory or something like that. Yeah. Like she's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I'm complicated. It's interesting. <laughs> and, but it, the, I like that about her where she's not trying to hide it, but she's also not, she's not telling you the full story, but she does bring it up, up a lot. She's like, I've been on five ships. I know what I'm doing. Listen to me. She, I don't know. She seems like she is uh, what's the word for it? She's been sort of, she's lost the, the confidence in Starfleet. So she just kind of does what she wants. Yeah. And I think she does bring up her like previous experiences a lot, but I feel like she's not doing it in a way to pull rank. Like she did it in the scene with the spider or whatever, because it was like a life or death moment almost. Not actually, because we find out the spider's a herbivore, but you know. <laughs> but she pulls the rank when she needs to, or not the rank, but like the knowledge, because she does know what she's doing. And I mean, I don't know if you want to bring this up now, but at the very, very end of the episode, we find out that she's actually the daughter of two captains. That was crazy. <laughs> that was such a good, like, whoa. Yeah. I had a feeling when Mariner got called up, or not Mariner, when Boimler got called up there, I was like, why does she want him to keep eyes on her? And then when she said that she had been on like five planets and she was like a commander before something, I was like, okay, something's like not, maybe they knew each other, maybe like they worked together before. I wasn't necessarily thinking the daughter thing until... The other guy was on the phone with her at the, the end, Admiral, and they were like, yep. yeah, and they were like bickering, and I was like, oh, okay, I get that it. That was so good. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea, because same thing, I was thinking, oh, is this, is there something about this ship, or is there another subplot? No, they're, they're related in some way. I mean, obviously something happened, but I like the bit, I know we're jumping to the end, but I like when he was like, you can't throw her in the brig, and they're like, she likes the brig. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, I think it's definitely going to be an interesting backstory to hear about her. I definitely am, like, really interested in that. Me too. Yeah, they, I think they've done a really good job of, like, putting out all of these little feelers, and we'll get to sort of see them pick up the threads. I think this sort of overarching thing is going to be, what's up with Mariner? Like, why, why is it, why is she here, and why has she been busted down? She seems... I, I like that she still cares about the people around her, and she, in a crisis, she's there. She's, she becomes that Starfleet officer that you saw in the movies and that I've seen in the TV shows, but as soon as the crisis ends, she's just back to whatever, right? Yeah, and I think, like you said, she's almost lost faith in, like, Starfleet, you know, in general, and I feel like she understands, like, her duty and what she needs to do when the time comes, but when it's not like serious or whatever she just is kind of like whatever I don't really care like do whatever you want like I'm doing what I need to do and that's kind of it yeah she's she I like that she had a whole not even like a small I don't have a small bag of contraband I have a pallet full of contraband (laughs) and it was like all just sort of very obvious there was so much stuff in there so do you know what the big sword she was holding was? No, but in the end of the episode, you know how it gave you like the thing for next week, the preview for next mm-hmm. week? The guy had one just like it. So I'm assuming it's a weapon of some sort from some planet that people use. <laughs> and it's very sharp because it definitely cut through Boimler's flesh <laughs> that, just like very was, easily. When they looked at each other and they're like, 
And I like that this is animated too because you can have things like that and have it not be like cringy and like, oh, I have to look away because it's gross. It's like, no, it's animated. And like you could see it almost looked like brain tissue when it got cut open. And then you could see his bone too. Like you can play around a lot more with animation, I feel like. So I like that. I liked that part a lot. I agree. I think it allows it to do a lot more, you know, with a real show or real show. A live action show, you have the budget and, you know, locations. This is, if you can dream it, you can make it. Exactly. Yeah. So that weapon that we were talking about, it's a Klingon batlet, and it's something that all, not all, it's something that Klingons carry generally, and it's hella sharp and hella dangerous. It's funny that they're just doing the best things with this because it's all of the jokes that we make, sort of like in Star Wars, you know, people are like, if I had a lightsaber, I would cut my arm off by accident within three minutes. Same situation. It's like, you know, you're playing around with this incredibly sharp weapon, and that's probably what would actually happen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Seems reasonable, especially if she's drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just, I loved all of that. And then I think we go into the title sequence, which was hilarious. That was funny. I liked how they went to all the different like planets and universes or Mm -hmm. that stuff. And you just see like little pieces of each adventure that they go on. I liked that wherever they were, something was going wrong. Like the ship would get pulled backwards or do you know who the Borg are? No, but are those the ones with the big boxes with the green lights? (laughs) Dude, that's going to be so exciting. Root. Man, we've got so much cool things to watch, and I can't wait to to show you all these amazing things. Yeah, so they're like this super bad. They're very scary, and they're terrible, right? And so they're there, and all the ships are fighting the Borg, and then they just turn around and leave. (laughs) I thought that was funny. They were like, um, nope, we bounced in. (laughs) Yep, we're out of here. That whole sequence cracked me up, because most of the opening sequences are very sort of over the top and they're beautiful and they're flying through these landscapes and everything it's like ah so they did that but with their own sort of twist I thought it was funny did you catch the name of the ship it's the Cerritos yeah I was (laughs) I was like hmm that's interesting well I I read this article that said one of the reasons they did that most of the ship names in Star Trek they, they're sort of like space shuttles. You know, there's the Enterprise, which I'm sure you've heard of, and mm. there's the Voyager. So they all have these really sort of beautiful names that very meaningful. And I heard, or I read in this article that they were, it's another way for them to poke fun at, you know, all of those sort of very serious things. And they made, Star Trek's always been made and produced in California. So that, you know, they're like Cerritos. That's a place in California that's pretty, you know, it's fine. It's a place. It's not exciting. <laughs> it's good enough. Yeah. I mean, we both Which live I... in California. So we, it's like Cerritos. What? It, I think of Cerritos Auto Square, that, uh, that jingle on TV. I don't know if I've heard that, but that's funny. I'll, I'll, I'll text it to you. It'll make you laugh. <laughs> and then I think even in, um, in our logo for our awesome podcast, one of the shuttles, I think that it's behind me, has the name on there. And I, I, I can't remember what it says, but I think it's, it's another name like that. So I think it's Yosemite. I'm yeah, at it yeah, right now. Yosemite National Park. Yeah. Yep, it's Yosemite. All of those little tie-ins, I think, are really cute and fun and exciting. It's definitely different from the Star Trek, like those like grandiose names. Yeah. 
so all flashy and stuff. Yeah. And then, so we, we do the title sequence, and I think next we were with Ensign Tendi as she is being welcomed onto the ship. They're at the Starbase taking on new crew, and she's just like, whoa, this is amazing. <laughs> she's so excited about everything. And then she meets Boimler, who is like her liaison, yeah. Um, and then Mariner just kind of takes control of the tour. <laughs> Yeah, but did you did you like the um the replicator that was just spitting out bananas? Oh yeah, that was funny. And they were hot. Like Yeah, what a weird replicator malfunction. But I think it ties into what I forgot his name. The cyborg guy? Oh Rutherford. Rutherford. Rutherford, yeah. It goes into what he was saying on his like cute little date where like he mostly fixes I forgot what he called them. Replicators? But, like, yeah, replicators. Food replicators, I guess. So mm-hmm. It, like, makes sense that that was what they were doing, you know? Like, it's not just a random, it's not just a random thing they were doing that they decided to put in. It makes sense. Yeah, they, they thought about it. But, yeah, he was, um, Boimler was, so he's still trying to be by the book, and he's trying yeah. to be that amazing officer. He's still got that, I'm fresh out of school and everything's shiny, and he wants to impress everybody, that sort of thing. And he's trying to pass it on to her, which I think is sweet. But I like how quickly Mariner's like, nah, nope, dumb. She's just, she's her own force of nature, you know? <laughs> yeah, she really is. And where do we go after that? So they go on the tour and then they go to the, what's the room called? The, the holodeck. We talked yeah. about this last time. <laughs> we did. We did. So I thought it was cool how they got to go to like the beach and then they went to, I guess it was Tendi's um like home planet orion yeah yeah i don't know if that's her home planet i you know her species that's one sort of from the originals and i'm not that's one of the few that i'm not super familiar with and i think that might have been why when they were talking about the the sand she was like whoa what's this starfleet academy is in san francisco but there are i think there are satellite academies and things like that so it's possible that she hadn't seen sand in the beach right I I think that might have been more world building for people who don't watch Star Trek I think that's what that was about yeah but I did like that uh and then and then freaking Boimler Boimler (laughs) where do you want to go the warp core oh my god the warp core is the engine room by the way okay got it yeah I thought that was funny though when he was just like yeah and they were like what are you doing You could go anywhere, and that's where you want to go. That's crazy. And then he leaves because he gets called to the bridge, and he's all like, I'm so important. Here I go. And then Mariner's like, Olympic naked training program. (laughs) That was funny. And then Tendi's like, wow, this is, like, very, very, like, detailed. (laughs) I liked when Mariner was like, you might want to take a step back. (laughs) That was definitely funny. I thought that was very, even though we don't know her too well, I thought that was very like a Mariner thing to do, you know? Yeah, I think they're setting the tone really quickly and establishing that this show is not for the kids. Definitely not. (laughs) And then I think that's when we skip to when they're on their second contact or their first contact second contact Uh, second contact yeah so they're on their second contact and then the the guy gets bitten by that bug or whatever yep do you know what first contact is no (laughs) okay first contact is when the ship meets a new alien species and it's it's basically like if hundreds of years ago 
you met someone from another another part of the world for the first time. It's meeting them, establishing a relationship, you know, finding common ground. And it's, we only, we, Starfleet will only do that with people who are also traveling space uh, faster than light because they don't want to interfere with cultures as they, uh, as they grow. We want them to do that naturally. So it's your first contact with another world. And that's generally, that was like an enterprise situation most of the time. You know, they, they go in there, they have a cool adventure, and then they peace out. And we've never seen a second contact, so that's why it's kind of funny. So their job, like Boimler was saying, was to go in and sort of sort the paperwork and shake the hands and, you know, all of that stuff. So first contact, second contact. Got it. Okay. That makes more sense. There's a whole film called First Contact that if you like all this, we should totally watch it. It is the (laughs) best Star Trek film, in my opinion. People will fight me about that. But, you know, we all have our own opinions. Sounds good. Well, so they did, they were on their second contact and then he got bitten by the bug. Mm-hmm. And then it skips to when well, they get they're transported back, from, yes. back to the ship. Right. So they get transported back to the ship and then he's like, Ensign, what are you doing up here? Like, blah, blah, blah. Pulling that whole like, I'm above you, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And then you also see that like we saw in the previews exactly what we had predicted that they were like those douchebag like people on the upper decks. <laughs> You know yeah, I mean? they were very broy. They he was like, "See you later for a drink." Yeah, bro. Shut yep. up. And, and then, then they had like their whole handshake. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, that was that was a little much for me. Yeah, <laughs> too broy. Yeah. It was it was very bro. Yeah, but you even see like when he slapped the the fly or whatever that bit him. I was like, "Oh boy, here we go." And then and then when he's back on the ship, you see like the purple bump and I was like, "Oh no. This is a problem." <laughs> and they even say, "Should I go get that checked out?" Like you said. And he's like, "Nah." The transporters that take them up and down are supposed to filter out stuff like that generally, but mm. you know, things sometimes things get through because otherwise yeah. what, what would we have episode wise? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, he uh the the first officer, he seems to not really not really care. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And then what's after that? We talked to Rutherford for a little, right? Yeah, we talked to Rutherford in the hallway with the other lower decks crew. And he talks a little bit about him. He's a cyborg, so we figured that out. What his? I wasn't sure if that was some sort of device to help him in his job, but turns out he's a cyborg, which is cool. A recent cyborg. So what, like, do they just take a regular human and, like, install this Vulcan, like, technology in their head? I think it's, he was probably injured in some way that was necessary to him surviving. And so he, that's why he's, a recent cyborg? That's my guess, because I don't think he would just do that for no reason. Okay. But I like that. I like the bit where he was like, are you nervous about your date? And he's like, well, I'm trying, but this won't let me. And it shows, again, her expertise, Mariner, because she just, you know, goes and fixes it a little bit. And he's like, oh, great. No. And then he starts to freak out. He's <laughs> like, oh, shit, I am. I am nervous. Oh, great. This is amazing. All right, go. Oh, God. And then just sort of <laughs> runs away. Yeah, that was funny. I think it definitely shows their advancement in technology, too, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was funny when they were on their date and they were like, you know, having a good time. And he was like, 
literally right after he says, I'm glad we could meet and do this with no distractions whatsoever. And then all of a sudden, the all hell breaks loose. <laughs> exactly. And his date is, and she is a trill. That's a species of alien. You saw it with like the dots on her face, just like my uh, avatar. I like the trill. So the trill are a species that can join with a symbiote on their, that also lives on their planet. Not everyone on the planet is joined. It's, it's sort of like a, it's, it's an honor and you have to be chosen. You combine with this, you combine with the symbiote and you become one person. So we have those in the regular Star Trek series. There's in Deep Space Nine, there's a main character, Dax, who is a trill. That's just a little backstory for you, but that's her thing. And apparently her dad's also a cyborg, so that's cool. Yeah, that was cool. I thought that was a cute little thing for them to have in common. Their yeah. relationship was sadly short-lived. I know, but they did. I Their whole romance through all the fighting was really fun because they would do a bunch of cool like slide kick punch uh phaser and then they would like be holding hands and they even went on a walkabout on the ship which was awesome and they're holding hands as they kick off and all of that and just their whole thing was adorable it was it was really adorable and i think that it was a nice like sidetrack from all the commotion going on they had a lot of different stories going on but they were they were actually really well balanced so yeah for sure I think they did a really good job with that because it didn't feel like too much of one thing or the other and they all obviously like they're professional writers but like everything tied together in the end you know yeah so they're like you said they're in the in the dining hall or the bar or 10 forward situation that's what they call the bar in Star Trek and then he the first officer just he turns into a zombie and just starts eating everybody very quickly and they they all turn super fast like he got bit by the bug and it took a little while but the second he bites anybody else it just goes off immediate yeah that was crazy and then when you get to the like the medic what would they call it like the medical bay or something sick bay sick bay Mm -hmm. like everyone was just they were tying people up and then ensign tendy gets there and she's like um actually i'm supposed to be assisting doctor i forgot the name of the doctor but and then what was the cat doctor's name ah crap i forgot but i like her a lot she was funny (laughs) yeah she was like this is the doctor that you're trying to assist and it's one of them with the zombies so that was funny that was interesting she was just like time down two or three together they're not gonna infect each other and she was great she her energy was super fun definitely for sure and then yeah I that was great that was fun oh I did want to I'm going back a little bit when we met Tendi and then they go down to the the bunk room for all of the lower decks officers we to my knowledge I don't think we've ever seen that we see the officer quarters a lot in Star Trek but we've never seen that kind of cool shared bunk space and it looks, it reminds me so much of Battlestar Galactica. Have you seen that? No. Allie, so many things to watch. So <laughs> many things. But it had that really cool view, that giant window, and you could see the back of oh, the ship. Oh, yeah. That was nice. That was cool. And I thought that was super cool. I like that a lot. Like, I would like to see that IRL in Star Trek. For sure. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. And um, let's see. So then we were on the date, then they're all fighting everybody. Meanwhile, Mariner and Boiler. Boimler. His name is so hard to just It's just a out. weird name. It sounds yeah. like Boiler, but like with an M. So. Yeah, it's, it's not a sexy name. No. <laughs> 
So they're on the planet and everybody's off doing their thing. And Mariner is bringing supplies to some of the farmer people, but Boimler thinks she's doing something illicit and confronts her about it. And then the farmer people let out their giant spider monster. I don't think they let her out as much as they, like... They got scared and kind of ran away and it got out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then they were trying, they were running away from them. And I think, what what was it that happened? They, they're running away. They're running away. And then she basically tells him to like, take off his clothes so that take she can Take off your make- pants. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, five shifts, tons of missions, other planets, take off your pants. That shit was <laughs> yeah. so funny. That was, that was where she was definitely like pulling rank, but it was in one of those like necessary life or death moments, you know? That was definitely very smart because then they duped the spider and they climbed up in the tree and then she jumps on the spider and then he (laughs) jumps but gets caught in all the slime. Oh yeah, and then it starts suckling on him. Yeah. That was so funny too because I remember when we were talking about it last week, I thought that that scene, because she's in her... Uh, bra and underwear but I thought that was her bikini in the last remember yeah. from last week yeah and so it was cool to see how that had worked out when she was talking to the the alien farmers and she was like listen I can't let it eat him he's like oh it's just gonna suckle on him she's like do you hear that boiler and they were like oh don't phase her him it'll destroy the milk they need the milk she's like <laughs> I was right <laughs> I thought that was funny how like how that all happened because he was like he wanted to phaser it and she was like no they might need it for milk or something he's like how do you know and she's like i don't know but they probably milk it like yeah she's she's, that was funny she's experienced and they're not yeah exactly i liked when she was talking to them or talking to him she was talking to him and he was like i've been to five planets and she's like, yeah, I bet you count Vulcan as one of those. And he's like, I did. And he was also <laughs> counting Earth. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. No, I don't count stupid Vulcan. <laughs> and she's like, well, you might as well just count Earth. And he, or, and what did he say? Something and like that, like, yeah. was like, oh, like I already was. <laughs> yeah. That was, he's a sad little man, I feel like. Ah, well, he's, he is that guy who's new on the job, but wants everyone to think that he knows what he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. And so makes an even bigger mess of himself. Yeah. Oh, poor thing. And I know. And then he gets suckled and Mariner drinks some of the milk with the farmers. Mm-hmm. And then it finally gets tired of, you know, suckling on him. She drags him out. And he's all naked. He's like, oh. he's all traumatized. That was so sad. I was like, oh. And then he doesn't even like his clothes are just gone too. So where did his clothes? Did they get eaten by the spider? Yeah, remember it was like tearing them apart, and he got all mad. Oh, he's like, yeah. why is it not eating your clothes? And she's like, I that's don't know. true. That's true. Yeah, that was sad. And then he has to put on one of the farmers like. <laughs> thingy mabobs and mocks or whatever they are yeah overalls and then they go back to the transport what Mm -hmm. is it called yeah the transporter yeah they i like how they just roll in there and then they all get transported but both of them look like uh because he's all like i'm gonna tell the captain about what you did (laughs) and then when he goes to tell the captain he's like Because when he goes to tell the captain, it's after they had already, like, found the neutralizer in the slime, Well, and it was 
It, it was that, and it was also the fact that we're in a little bit of ahead, but it was the fact that everyone, it was exactly what she said. The captain took credit for everything and gave all the credit exactly. to the bridge officers. And even as he was in the office, she was, she wasn't even talking to him. She was tell, talking to her captain's log. Exactly. And she was like, oh yeah, sorry, Balmer, whatever she said. Yeah, she like completely got his name wrong. And I think that was his little like, oh, hell nah. <laughs> You know, that was his turning point where he was like, "Mm, I'm going to cover, cover Mariner's ass right now because that's not cool. And she obviously cares more about him than the captain does. Exactly. Yeah. So. And on the ship, so they, they transport up to the ship and it's fucking chaos. Everybody's phasering the hell out of everybody. I like the, I don't remember his name, but the Bajoran bridge officer, the big guy, Uh you know, he, he just wants to blow everything up. That seems to be his answer (laughs) to everything. Yeah. And there, you know, the, the doctor is like you and swipes the slime, like you're worthless, the slime we need. And then they, they have the big rush to the, to sick bay with him and Mm -hmm. all that happened. Yeah. And then they sample it and that's when, you know, every, oh, that's when the first officer gets turned back to normal. And he's like, what happened? And then he's like, did I eat anybody? And she's, or did I eat human flesh? And she's like, just a little. And she's like, how much? <laughs> I feel like that reminded me of like, maybe he's on like a keto diet or something. You know? Oh my like, God. Like, <laughs> that's the reason why it's even better. Yeah. I was like, I why are you traumatized? About it? Yeah. He's definitely traumatized. I was like, he's on the keto diet. Are you counting your calories, sir? Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You ate one human too many, or you know, you ate one alien too many. Who knows? I, I did want to go back to when we were in the the sick bay earlier, and Tendi was holding the guy's heart, and the doctor said that the tranquilizers or whatever were ineffective, so they were just all going to be conscious, and she had to pump the guy's heart in her hand, and the guy was like, oh, it's so painful, it's so painful, and she's like, sorry. <laughs> that was so funny. I was like, I just, I mean, first of all, I don't even know how that's even humanly possible, but <laughs> But it's animation, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that was just, I felt so bad for the guy. That's a rough day in uh, in Star Trek. But then, you know, everything, everybody gets turned back to normal. They come up with the cure. Uh, the bridge crew immediately takes all of the credit. I like that Mariner tries even in that moment. She's like, uh... This guy, he brought the slime. He's the one who saved you all. And they're like, whatever. Exactly, yeah. And then we have this scene with Boimler talking to the captain where he's like, no, didn't didn't see anything. Sorry. And then the captain talking to the admiral, which is her husband from what it sounds like. Yes. And it sounds like they both are mutually unsure of what to do with Mariner. Definitely. Definitely unsure. (laughs) Yeah. And then we go to the, back to the dining hall, mess hall, and we get to see Weatherford with Tendi, and they're talking, and he says they had a good time, but she didn't enjoy, she, she didn't care about that variance that didn't allow the doors to open, and so they're not going back out again, but Tendi was like, are you kidding me? So I think they <laughs> might have a thing. I know, I was, I'm, I'm shipping that for sure. Yeah, I'm good with that. 
and we saw Mariner and Boimler hanging out at the bar. Mariner was three drinks of something in, and she finds out that he didn't sell her down the river, and she decides she is going to be his mentor, <laughs> and starts getting up and going crazy. She's like, lower deck, lower deck, and starts mentioning, all she was doing at the end when they closed out was just mentioning old characters from Star Trek. It's like, do you yeah. know Deanna Troy? Troy? You, you know about Kirk? And he's like, of course I know about Kirk. All of that. <laughs> and then I think it's funny, too, that her mom walks in too with like the other commanders or whatever and she's just watching her be like making a not making a fool of herself but like making making this scene and she's just like in my mind I'm thinking that the captain's just going like oh boy here we go again (laughs) yeah she I think she like rolls her eyes a little bit yeah for sure but that's the whole episode pretty much I liked it a lot yeah uh, hey that's what I was gonna ask you what's your what is your general feeling after having watched it all I definitely like it a lot um I think there's a lot more to come I think first episodes are always kind of a little slower than the rest of the series just because you do need to get that backstory but I don't feel like this was too slow because you did see a lot of I mean just like there were like certain like minute clips or whatever you know like just the little backstory things Mm -hmm. where sometimes it's like because like with a movie it's different you see all the action all at once you know whereas Mm -hmm. with a show it does have to play itself out a little longer but I like was probably that right because the holiday to me was the only thing that felt like it was trying to introduce people who who didn't really know about it. Yeah, that's kind of, it was the holodeck and kind of more towards like the beginning, like with the tour almost. Mm -hmm. But then obviously you meet Rutherford on the tour. So like, I think after the first, what was it? Like five or 10 minutes-ish, then that's where I like really, that's where it started picking up more for me, which I was happy about because I think that it's good to have the backstory in the first episodes, but also like still have that action to pull you in you know yeah once the uh, zombie uh thing kicked off the whole everything <laughs> moved at a breakneck speed yeah exactly so that was definitely the turning point i think in the episode obviously <laughs> Yeah. Who was your who is your favorite character so far? Um, you know, I actually think that Mariner is probably my favorite because Me she's too. just so like she's so spunky and then also like we talked about it after we finished recording our last podcast, but the person who voices Mariner is also in Space Force and I just started watching that on I Netflix. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I need to. Everyone's saying it's good. It's it's good. Some of the humor is not my sense of humor but like I can see how it's funny so like but it's an interesting show but she's on that and I really like her character in that and I can see how like you obviously when you're voicing something you probably like make faces or have to act a certain way when you're like doing certain emotions and I can just like picture her behind the microphone in the studio like making her like just voicing it so I thought that was fun. I would love to see, I'm sure they shot some footage while they were recording. They, they seem to always do that. I would love to see that because I, I bet you're correct. I think I read in another interview that she got to do a little bit of improv here and there for that, which makes sense for the show. Like the when she had the bat lift, the weapon, and she was like, war, 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 honor, honor. I think she said that was her own sort of ad lib thing. So I think she's a Trekkie as well. I, I want to read more into that and I'll, you know, learn more about these people who are in it. And yeah. I'm just excited in general. I think the the whole vibe is fun. I like all of the characters. I think that there's an interesting backstory that we don't know about yet. 
that I'm, mm-hmm. you know, about Mariner and then even about the ship because they, I'm not quite sure if they're, the whole vibe is just because it is, this is like the fun, ridiculous Star Trek or if there's something about the ship. Like, why is she, why is she there? What happened to her? Why has she become disillusioned with Starfleet. Yeah, for sure. Definitely interested in that backstory. I think more so than any of the other backstories. Yeah, well, I mean, Tendi is obviously a brand new officer. So and I think any backstory we'll learn about her is going to be more about like her family and where she's from. Weatherford, yeah. we're going to learn why he's a cyborg, I hope. I think that'll be cool. And Boimler, uh, hopefully he will grow and be a little less rigid and learn to see things outside of this sort of like black and white view more of a yeah. you know you you have to do what you need to do in this situation and you, know, you have to do the right thing yeah for sure yeah awesome all right well that was second contact and next week's episode is called envoys envoys and we we saw like a general preview it looked like more for the entire season than it was for the next episode. But I do think that Klingon we saw with the, the Batlet, I think that's going to be part of that next episode. It sounds like maybe Boimler is going to be taking him somewhere or going with him or something. Yeah, something like that. Boimler's definitely assigned to that guy. That's going to be interesting because the Klingons are generally a pretty aggressive people. Okay. Yeah, that, that should be fun. Yeah, Boimler's definitely the complete opposite. So I'd be interested to see how that turns out. <laughs> uh, we will find out in, uh, in a couple of days, which I'm yeah. pretty excited about. But uh, I'm having a lot of fun with this. I'm excited to keep going. We will be posting these on the weekly. And we will be posting stuff on our Twitter and Instagram and all of that about this. We are brand new podcasters. We don't know what we're doing. So if we could do something better or you like it, let us know. And if you don't like it, uh, I don't know, go find another podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Allie, uh, I guess we will talk next week and I'll see you for Envoy. Sounds good. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.